What's going on, everyone? This is Catfish on Ice, episode 72, everybody. This is Chad Benson with Rich Howe, your host. And we are watching some uh, Titans football right now. They are on Monday Night Football. And I said this, I made this promise right before we went live. I said, if the Titans are still competitive in this game, I will mention them in my intro. And I am a man of my word. They are very much in this game. I think it's like 13 to 10. Derrick Henry just stiff, stiff armed somebody out of oblivion and ran for like a 70 something yard touchdown. He does that regularly. So we will be watching the game because a lot of our Preds listeners are also Titans fans. It's a big time game. But this is episode 72 of Catfish and Ice, brought to you by DraftKings, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. This is Chad Benton with Rich Howe. Rich, how are you doing tonight, my man? Doing good. Just saw the, the Derrick Henry run. It was amazing. It was an amazing run. He I mean, does that kind of regularly. Kind of like I wake up every – kind of like me and you wake up every day and we brush our teeth, we eat breakfast, we shower. Derrick Henry makes it a regular thing to just do touchdowns like that. So Yeah. yeah he wakes up and, like, walks around with 200 pounds of chains on his neck to work out. Exactly. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah just, just normal, normal stuff. stuff. Just normal stuff like that. But uh, all right. So uh, we are off to a rough start here when it comes to the National Predator season. But it's just two games. It's two games of eighty-two. So everyone needs to walk away from that ledge a little bit here. Just calm down a little bit. But we've got a we've got a our the theme of our episode tonight is optimism. Optimism. That's the word I want everyone to focus on. It's optimism. And that's what we're going to focus on here. It has been. A little bit of a rough start, though. There's plenty of reasons to be worried. There's plenty of reasons to be concerned. We're going to get into those things because our opening face-off is going to be all about looking at this upcoming schedule here, and it's it's not time. pretty. It's not pretty. But guess what? I am wearing my Pecorino jerseys tonight. I haven't thrown it on all for right. an episode in a while. It's probably been like 10 or 20 episodes since I've worn the Pecorine jersey for an episode. I got it on tonight because I think we need the power of Pecorine (laughs) flowing. We do. Always. And so we're going to do that. We're going to get into uh, an LA Kings preview because we are getting ready to play the LA Kings on Tuesday. And we're going to preview that. We got Victor Arvidsson making his return to Smashville, and it's going to be super awkward. Very strange. Very weird. Yes. So we're going to get into that. And then we got Kyle Perkins coming back tonight. He's going to join us every like he's going to do every Monday during Perks the season. Picks. He's going to join us. He's going to join us for Perks picks. So let's get into it. Let's let's start looking yeah. at. Oh, also we're going to talk about these lineup decisions that John Hines yeah. has going. Uh, it's kind of Not throwing everyone for a loop. Yeah, it's kind of messing with people's uh, messing with people's hearts right now. Kind of what's going yeah. on with the lineups. So we'll get into yeah. that. Titans just scored a touchdown. Ryan Tannehill just ran it in. So yeah, hey, Titans, are, Titans, are, Titans are winning over the Bills right now. So that's awesome. Nashville is crazy. Before we get into the episode, can I just tell you, do Buffalo fans have literally taken over Nashville? I saw the pictures. Yeah, um, it's it's man. wild. It's crazy. I saw a bunch of pictures, and I saw I'm seeing people talking about how 
like they're all over the Opry Mills Mall. Uh, tons of people out. I'm sure you've seen a lot of people at work yes. uh, down there. They started. Uh, so I work. Yeah, I work downtown on Broadway, and these Buffalo fans started coming in on Wednesday of last week. Wow, wow. So they've been in town for five days, and and these these fans they party. Like it's going out of style, like it's all going to be over with soon, type of thing. Like they just they they go wow. at it. They wake up bright and early, and they don't stop till late at night. Like they're crazy. Wow. Are and they behaving? Been t- Are they what? behaving? Are they behaving? Uh, that's kind of a uh, tough question <laughs> to answer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of yeah, them yeah. are, some of them aren't. How about that? Yeah. That's my this answer is, for that one. Yeah, that's good. But uh, yeah. I will not question Buffalo fans ever again as far as their loyalty and their passion because they are out. I don't, I, I'm convinced that they don't have any other apparel in their wardrobe other than Bill's gear. Like they get, yeah, that's just what they wear to yeah. work and church. And I, I feel that eat, way. Just yeah, Bill's jerseys. Okay, yeah. Cool. So, uh, so we're gonna we'll, we'll we'll mention the game as we go on because it is a big time game and a lot of Preds fans are also Titans fans. We got crossover appeal going on here tonight for episode 72 of Catfish and Ice. But let's talk about the Predators here, and let's get into our opening face-off tonight. And that is this upcoming schedule and what we got on on deck and how I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. I know we're all about optimism here, but I'm also objective. There's always And I'm really worried about the Preds possibly starting 0-5, 0-6, dare I say. Like, I'm really worried about it. Man, if you think it's bad now, people wanting to fire Coach Hines, just wait if something happens and they go 0-6. Oh, oh, man. Just shut and down I know, Twitter. And I'm not predicting that, so I don't want anyone to twist my either. words and say that, that 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 Chad Minton predicted that the Preds would start over. I'm not saying that. No. But I am telling you, this schedule does not look very <laughs> welcoming at all. It's tough. And I know it's been two games, but – we got the LA Kings coming in here on Tuesday. They are a very revamped and much improved team. You've got the Rangers coming in on Thursday, and that's your four-game homestand to open that's the end of that. Yep, the season. And yep. so they, I'm telling you, one of those two games they better get a win because if they don't win those two games, either of those two games, I, it, it's going to get agree. really bad. Because then you go to Winnipeg, then you go to Minnesota for your first road trip of the season. Then you come back home for San Jose. It's very realistic. You're starting zero and six, and then you finally get a kind of a, a reprieve well, with the San maybe, Jose Sharks coming in. Maybe it just depends. Maybe. They, so, um, so Winnipeg, Winnipeg hadn't won a game yet, so they're probably good and ticked off. Um, uh, Los Angeles just came off of a loss after uh, destroying Vegas. Yeah. Um, they, so they, they, beat, they beat the be Golden. They beat yeah. the Golden Knights six to two. Six I mean, to that's two. like a beating of a yeah. really great t- uh, Stanley Cup contending team. Absolutely. And then in the loss to Minnesota, uh, Arvidsson actually had a goal. He had a power play goal. I saw, but they lost three to two. So yeah. So LA, LA is no one to look over right now. Absolutely, so, they're not. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's why. Here's where we're going to bring the optimism into it. The Preds have not played their best game in either one of their first two games, and yet they still had a chance to tie it at the end of both of these games. Yeah. Against both Seattle and Carolina. Right. In the second game, they definitely showed some improvement. Um, 
It was a way different game to watch. I, I got to watch the third quarter or the third quarter crap, third period. <laughs> <laughs> what got football? Um, yeah, yeah. So it was definitely an improvement. Although they did lose, they had to pull Saros. Um, they did look better, but it was still a loss, and those are those are still tough no matter what. Well, it's really weird that both games they've scored after giving up an empty net goal. That's just like weird. That they did. I know that was that was really strange. Um, the Forsberg goal, it was nice. I mean, they he did what he had to do, and they had a legitimate shot to tie it up at the end. Uh, they had like 50 seconds left, I believe, and yeah, he just couldn't. Uh, well, so I mean, Ryan Johansson had that sweet backhand um, goal, so good to see to tie it at one, and so you're feeling good about it a little bit. You take a 1-1 tie into the third period. You're playing against another team that you feel like on paper they're better than us, right? Yeah. And you go in, you go into that third period kind of feeling good about it. Like the Preds have held the Hurricanes to one goal through third, three periods. That's pretty mm-hmm. good. And yep. Shevchenkov gets a goal. He's a really talented goal scorer. Then Tara Vinen gets a goal, another talented goal scorer, and he got reminded really quickly how potent the Carolina Hurricanes are on offense. And Tara Vinen got the empty net goal, of course. So it's three to one. And then that's when Forsberg scores a goal with 45 seconds left 45. in the okay. game. Yep. So yep. It, it, it's like repeat of the Seattle Kraken game almost. Absolutely. And so you got to um, st- the Preds got to stop putting themselves in these situations. They do. And it's, 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 it's a story of uh, two, uh, two, it's always too late. Like they wait to turn on the intensity when they're in a hole. And that's, you need to play with intensity the whole game. I mean, I know you're going to a little too little, late. Just little, too, too little, too late. late. You're going to have periods where, not not a whole period, but you're going to have little stretches where you're not going to play great, but you have to play with that intensity of we're down a goal throughout the whole game. Just pretend you're down a goal the whole game and just play that way. That's what they need to do. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And so, I mean, there's still some things that, that they're doing very well right now. I mean, they held the Hurricanes 0 for 4 on the, on the power play. And that is a very good accomplishment. That is. Because the Hurricanes are stacked when it comes to their power play. They absolutely And so the fact that they did that is something you can hang your hat on, something you can feel good about for sure. Um, Let's talk about the – let's talk about some of these stats here. I mean, shots on goal. Hurricanes had 32. The Preds had 40. So the Preds have outshot their opponents in both of their first two games, but they still lost. So, yeah, that's that's how makes you, hockey is. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, shots on because it's all about the quality of the shots on goal. Just because you've yeah. got the shots doesn't mean they're quality shots. But right. I, I, I'm right there with you, Rich. I feel like Saturday night, despite the loss, was an improvement on Thursday's game. It was, and and they did get some good quality shots, but they also ran into. Freddie Anderson, I mean, he's had a great game. I mean, 38 saves on 40 shots. I mean, (laughs) yeah, he's, he's really, really good. I mean, you know, and that's going to happen. 
That's going to happen. And that will happen. You know, had it been somebody else. We all, anyone who follows hockey knows that sometimes you can play your best game and you run into a hot goaltender. There's a lot of teams who are victim to UC Soros on that same, on that yep. same idea. Yeah. We were on the wrong end of that on Saturday night. On the wrong end. Of, yeah. I mean, and we had to deal with Hurricanes Twitter again. I mean, oh my God. This, I, I don't even want. <laughs> no, uh, no, I mean, it's like, I really feel like they don't have any other content other than the banner joke. Yeah, I, I so I like the the, the Hurricanes players. I, I think they're really cool and fun to watch. Um, I like watching it. They're fast. Everything about them, Sebastian Ajo, he's amazing. All those guys, but man, their social media just makes me not want to watch them at all. And that's and I, you know, they, they, they probably go through that on purpose. They probably do it all on purpose. They, they know what they're getting. They know what they're doing. And they and you know, a good social media person, they know what they're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to let it get all my feels or anything, but come yeah. up with some new jokes, please. please. Like, like, and I, and I put it out here. So the, the bill social media finally, they made a joke about to the Titans they tried to uh, do a forward pass lateral thing on a kickoff. Uh, yeah. And the social media team on the Buffalo Bills said, finally, they called a forward pass on a play that mattered. And I was like, you know what? That's that's good shade. That's well, that, that's when it makes sense. And that'll be the end of it, probably. It won't be a recurring every time, like, come up with a different joke. Like, exactly. I don't know. Make fun of one of the players' haircut or something, anything, just something different. Something different. Yeah, exactly. I don't and so, that. I mean, good stuff here, but I, I do have a question for you, real quick. Yeah. And this might be my ignorance. So, the Predators actually, their social media team put out a tweet showing some banners that they made up for the Hurricanes. And one of them is like, cannot come up with original jokes. That's one of the banners. One says, only tweets about the Predators. The last, the last one says three years without touching grass. Do you, do you know what that means? <laughs> three years without touching grass. I don't know what that means. If there's anybody out there listening who can, like, tell me, I, I really – it's probably something stupid that I don't know. I would like yeah, to know. Yeah, I remember I seeing that and also being kind of confused by that. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if you knew or not. So, all right, carry on. <laughs> carry on, carry on. Carry but anyway – the hurricane it's a tough loss though because like when it comes to the hurricanes it's like you just want to beat them because they're a social media team more than anything. Oh no. Just to rub but, it in their face. Right. But they're a good team of I course agree. we know that. And they're not in our division anymore so it's like you don't have to worry about it as much. But yeah. Looking back I, let, let's get back into the point of this segment opening face off here is we're looking at the schedule now and we got the LA Kings coming in. We're about to preview the LA Kings here in a second, but the schedule just looks like I'm really worried about this team because they're doing all these lineup shuffles right now. And I get it. I know that the coach John Hines knows way more than I do about hockey. So I'm not trying to question his decisions, but at the same time, it's like, you're two games in, and you've got a young lineup, and you need these kids to get comfortable. You need these kids to build some chemistry with each other. And you're yeah. you're out here, like, tinkering with it already. you got Cody Glass, who just got called up or, or came through through the uh, Ryan Ellis trade or whatever, 
and you're already sending him down to Milwaukee after two games. Rich, I know you have a good quote, right? I do, yeah. John Hines regarding this situation. So go ahead and share that. I read this article in The Athletic by Adam Bingen. It's always He always puts out just just great stuff. But he was actually talking about Philip Tomasino, and he said, we felt like Phil could use a little bit of a breather. I wouldn't read in it too much. Uh, We want to keep everybody healthy or whatever. But then he said, talking about playing all the young guys, he says, you can't just play young guys. You can. You can, he says. You can just play young guys, but you're dealing with two things. You're giving them opportunities, but are they going to be able to be successful and are they going to be able to to contribute and help us win? Sometimes it comes down to different things. If you have a player like uh, Olivier or Janot, they may have played 10, 11 minutes, and for them and their game, if they get three hits, a block some shots, drive the net, they're going to come away from the game feeling good about themselves. But if you're a younger, offensive-minded player like Tomasino, then um, they can't get anything going, and then they're playing lesser minutes. It can be tough for them at this level to build up any confidence. And he also said something to the effect of you have to be ready to go. It's not uh, – the NHL is not to build up your confidence. You just have to be full-on ready to go. So yeah, um, it kind of puts it into perspective a little bit, and I get it. Uh, we all – everybody wants to see Tomasino play as much as possible, but, you know, Hines made the decision. He, he felt like he needed a breather, and he doesn't want to get uh, Tomasino discouraged because that's the last thing you want. So, I mean, I get that, but a player like Tomasino needs to be playing somewhere. That, so if he's not going to get playing, so if he's not going to get playing time on the NHL level, then yeah. let him play in Milwaukee. Like yeah. you got to, you, you can't straddle the fence here. You've either got to make one decision or the other, in my opinion. In That's my, true. in my opinion. Yeah. But also going back to Cody Glass here, I don't understand why a product of your Ryan Ellis trade is already playing in Milwaukee two games in. Yeah, that's that's please make sense for me. Like, someone makes sense for that. Like, for me, like, because if you can give me a good case, I'll try to come around on it. But I can't understand how two games in, if we're 10 games in, if we're even five games in and he's struggling really badly, then I could see it happening. But two games in, you're already sending Cody Glass down. And what do you think he's going to get out of playing in Milwaukee? Like, I mean, he's already had plenty of NHL experience with Vegas and and been there and done that. He's already been through the growing pains to a degree. What do you think he's going to get out of, even if he goes down to Milwaukee and plays really well, how is that going to benefit him when he comes back to the NHL eventually? I don't know. I don't see it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't don't know either. I'm I'm kind of 50-50 on the whole thing. I think Kyle's going to read something about this. Uh, one of his picks, he has read another quote by John Hines about regarding glass. But yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I, I like I said, I'm 50 50. It's tough because you want to see these guys succeed. You don't want them to get frustrated. But on the same, you know, the the other side of it is Hines has to produce and win games because we're we're at we're at zero and two right now, and people are already like burn it to the ground, get rid of Hines, get rid of Poyle. So he's well, I don't, yeah, I'm not there. I'm nowhere close to being no, there I'm not yet. either. But I'm I'm, either. I think it's – this is just me saying – speaking again, people can definitely disagree with me, but I think it's really detrimental to a young player who you're boasting up to play NHL minutes. You made this 
both Tomasino and Glass, I feel the same way about the both of them. Yeah. You it's, need to you need to commit to this uh to this right. youth movement and this how you want to play. You need you need to fully commit to it, or you need to just go ahead and say what you're gonna do what you're gonna do, which is basically a a re a, a rerun of last season where you throw out all these veterans like Rocco Grimaldi. And this is no shame at Rocco Grimaldi, but you can't you can't straddle the fence. I'm going to keep coming back to this. You can't keep saying you want to do this, but then you're going to do that. But then you want to do this, but then you're going to also do that. You can't do it. Come up with a plan. Figure it out. Get committed to it. The same yeah. goes with the front office here. You can't figure out what they're doing in the front office either. Sometimes they act like we're rebuilding. Then other times they say, no, we're fully committed to making another playoff run. Okay, well, we would love to see you make the playoffs, but also <laughs> don't jeopardize the future of rebuilding and making sure we're not stuck in this perpetual mediocrity like we've been stuck in since 2017. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I see both sides, but – the part about the rebuild, I agree. I don't. They're they're not rebuilding. There's anymore. no plan right now. There, there's I no plan. Feel like and it feels doing. like there's no plan. And so now the pressure is to win. Yeah. If right. there's no plan and the only plan yeah. is to win, well then you better win. Yeah. And they've lost two games. Yeah. To open the yeah. season, and they got an LA Kings team coming in to Nashville, who's not a slouch. And so let's go ahead and move into that part of our uh, episode here. This is episode 72 of Catfish on Ice, presented by DraftKings, part of Hockey Podcast Network with Chad Mitten and Rich Howe, your host. And we got the LA Kings coming up next on the schedule. They're going to be playing tomorrow night. We're going to preview this game. We got Victor Arvidsson coming back to Nashville. It's going to be super awkward. It will. Do you know, I don't think he's one of the, in the top line. I guess that the crowd wouldn't say you suck when they say his name. So They better not. Yeah, I, that would be. I don't think they do that. I think they, they, I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't think they would do that to him. I don't think they'll do that. Yeah, I don't think, think they'll do that. Here's the deal about this game for me. Obviously, pre- predicting hockey games is harder than almost any other sport. Wow. Like any team is capable of winning at any Absolutely. time. But just just previewing the matchup, just purely looking at it, paper to paper. You, I call this a toss up. I do. I think it's a toss up. But this game concerns me. Because the Kings are, they started the season the opposite of how the Preds started the season. They have, um, they they have a lot to be. Even though they lost their last game three to two to Minnesota, another good team. Yep. Well, the Kings have opened the season very very strong, whereas the Preds have not. Yeah. So they've got. Uh, uh, Kopitar on who the is Kopitar. on my fantasy team. Who is on, I was, By I'm the way, Rich, are you recovering from that fantasy loss? Man, I was beating you so bad, and then you just like your guys just turned it on. Oh man! But I but but hey, it's okay because Nikita, Nikita Kucherov, my first pick in the whole draft, is now going to probably go to IR. So uh, uh, well, yeah, it's like a bittersweet win for me because uh, now I've got to figure out my lineup because Kucherov's yeah. out for me. But anyway, go ahead. Anyway. Yeah, so so Kopitar through two games has more points than the entire first line of the Predators. So he's, oh gosh, he scored, what a stat! He scored, he scored four goals and three assists in two games. Um, Drew Doughty has six points in two games, a goal what a and five stat. assists. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, they're we're they're supposed to be optimistic in this episode, Rich, and you're going to bring in stuff like that. Man, that's know. not helping the optimism is, at all. This is realism. It is realism. Realism, realism is like, very important. Yeah, I mean, the the Kings are going places. That's obvious. They're they are going places. They've been is not it, good for a few years. Honestly, the Kings are kind of doing what a lot of Preds fans want the Preds to do. Yeah, which is yeah, rebuild. Yeah. Yeah, but I think when they did their rebuild, they kind of did it, tore the whole thing down almost. So, which we did not do. So, these are uh, early stats here, but I'm going to compare the team stats here. Okay. Just through two games each for each team. Kings have a 50% power play. Uh, The Preds have a 16.7% power play. Uh, The Kings have not given up a a power play goal yet. Oh, wow. Preds went. The Strong. Preds went four out of four against the Carolina Hurricanes in the last game. So there's mm-hmm. something to be said about that. One of them was uh, a five three. Kings are averaging four goals per game. The Preds are just averaging two and a half goals per game through the first two games. Uh, yeah, the Kings are – their stats are – I mean, they look good. They really do. Through two games, it's just two games. But this is a very, very important game for the it Preds. Is. As important as an early season game could be, the yeah. psyche of this team is going to drastically deteriorate if they lose on Tuesday to the Kings. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I feel like they really, obviously, they need to win this game, but they're inching closer. It feels like towards winning. Yeah, um, they played way better, like we talked about earlier in the in the game against Carolina. Um, I, I think, like you said, though, if they don't win this game that they're building up to so well, that it, yeah, it's going to be because that means if you lose to LA on Tuesday, that yeah. means that not only are you zero and three, but you've opened the season zero and three at home. At home, yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. how many? How often do you get a four game homestand to open your season? Yeah, yeah, that's very rare. Very um, rare. And to, if they lose that one. Guess what? You get to turn around and play the New York Rangers, who also is not a slouch. They are a French playoff team. You got to think the Preds are going to win one of these two games. I feel feel pretty good about them winning one of these two games. I feel way more confident, actually, that they're going to beat the Rangers over the Kings. Yeah, but New York's won one and one, so they've won a game already and went to overtime in another. Um, So... Oh, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's tough. The whole all, all the way to the end. They got to figure it out. But they, yeah, exactly. They need to do something. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the um, the movement, the player movement we've seen is going to be enough. I don't know if he's thinking that that's going to be enough. But there's only really one place that you could put Tommy Novak, who they called up, and that's on the third line, taking Cody Glass's place. Um, you just got to have more from the rest of these guys. Um, I don't know. The first two lines are the ones that need to produce. Now, the first line did have a good uh, – they produced well in the last game. They got three points. Um, so, hopefully that's some, a building block for them, but they got to do something quick. Yeah, Very they really do. I mean, it, it, it's really coming down to um, – they just gotta they gotta minimize the mistakes here, you know. Yeah. We got Kyle Perkins joining the pod. We're about to add in the stream here. 
He's back with us for episode 72. Let's get him in on the screen here. There he is. How do, fellas? What's up, K-Perk? What's up, man? Oh, same old, same old. We're doing good. We're doing awesome. We're doing good. We're happy to be back. Are you catching some Titans football tonight? I've been reading the Twitter updates, and it looks (laughs) – Oh, I feel bad for those guys. 20 to 17 now. Bills <laughs> up by three. Yeah, but are they going to have enough players to play the second half? Oh, gotcha. I don't know. Yeah, I'm seeing injuries left and right. Every time I look up at the screen, someone's getting carted off. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. All yeah, right, Kyle. Man. So uh, we were just, Kyle, we were just previewing um, not only the LA Kings matchup coming up tomorrow night on Tuesday, but we were also looking at the schedule past that. And we're trying. This episode's all about building some optimism here because there's not a lot of optimism going on in in Pratt's country right now. <laughs> but unfortunately, <laughs> as Kyle, as Kyle we knows. haven't done a good job. And so, uh, Kyle, Kyle, here's what I want to ask you first, man. Before we get to your picks, we're gonna do perks picks. But uh, I want to ask you, who, are, who is who 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 are, is gonna, are the Preds gonna win first against? Who are they gonna get their first win against? Say it right now. Proclaim it. Make it a proclamation. I think they'll surprise the Rangers. All right. That's not what I wanted to hear. 0 3. That's not what I wanted to hear. Yeah. The The Kings scare me, man. The Kings scare me. LA's good this year. They are good. uh, uh, Kopitar and Dowdy are leading the league (laughs) in scoring. I I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know if we're in a weird time machine or what, but yeah, those two guys are leading the <laughs> league in scoring right now. Yeah, I, it's I, not going to be a. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, that's kind of how I feel about it, man. Like I'm like I'm really worried about this game, almost like because there's so much negative energy surrounding this team right now for the Preds yeah. that. Everywhere. Every loss is just like multiplied right now, even mm-hmm. this early in the season. Yeah, even this early in the season, you got an 82 game, you got an 82 game season. We're not talking NFL football where you have 17 games and every loss matters that much more. We're talking 82 games. They've lost two, they had a chance in both of those yeah. games to tie it in the two. last six seconds. Two weeks ago, everybody was like, oh, we're going to – the youth movement, and we know that there's going to be growing pains, and now it's like they better win a game in the Stanley Cup or I'm going to quit going to games. Right. Yeah, it, you yeah. got to – you've got to be bad to be good. It's just yep. proven. Uh, I agree. And for There's all kinds of people fussing about pulling the goalie. And they act like that Nashville's the only team that pulls the goal. Yeah. Everybody does this. I don't oh, yeah. think they watch hockey as much. I'm not trying to be mean. Tampa Bay pulled their goalie with five minutes left two games ago. It has nothing to do with pulling the goalie. It has to do no. with not playing a full 60 minutes. I know it's cliche, but they're not completing – they're not playing a full game. And so they're get. Rich has said it before in the past – for some reason, the second period is this team's kryptonite. Yeah. Oh, big time. Big time. They can't do anything in the second period. No. And I do know that Ryan Johansson did score that goal in the second period uh, on Saturday. So I'm not saying like uh, – and we were saying – I want to get your thoughts on this, Rich. Or uh, uh, Kyle, sorry. Uh, Kyle, I want to get your thoughts on this. 
Um, on Saturday, do you feel like the Preds did make some progress from the Seattle game as far as, even though they lost, they're playing against, a, I think, a much better team in Carolina. And once again, they had a chance to win that game. I mean, they tied it at one. Ryan Johansson had that gorgeous backhand goal. And then uh, that's kind of when the Hurricanes, they eventually got the lead. They scored again. But kind of give me your thoughts on that, man. Do you think they uh, showed some progress at least? I do. They they look more together. They they look they still look lost. Their their passing is bad. The passing's the worst thing. It is honestly right now because they pass to the boards more than they do their other teammates. It's just <laughs> they look out of sync. Yeah. But there was a lot of things that did look better. The penalty kill looked really good. Mm-hmm. You stopped a five on three against Carolina. That's doing something. That so is impressive. Aho and Sveshnikov and Teravine and and that whole crew there, at, yeah. If you stop that, you're doing something better. Yeah. Uh, they they there was definite improvements made. There's still a lot of problems, but you know, like like they say, and how do you eat an elephant? And that's why I feel like this LA Kings game is as important as an early season game can be. Because think, we've got we've got to get that confidence back here. Because yeah. all you really look at, most people, all they focus on is did you win or did you lose. We don't. A lot of fans don't focus on how did you lose. Did you put up a good effort? Did you were you in the game? All this stuff. All we see is the Preds are rebuilding and they're already zero and two. So they got to get a win here. And, and I just feel like it's really important that they get a win against the Kings tomorrow night. Like it's it, for the psyche, it's really important. Yeah, I think so too. I, I it, it, they either need to win or lose an overtime or a shootout. It, get it a needs point, to be, at least. Yeah, they they either need to win or get it out of regulation. That way, they can say, "Hey, we at least were here." Yeah, yeah. It was a tie. Which game I mean, to, and, and to be fair, to be fair, they were. They were there in both games. Yeah. It just they they uh, they waited too yeah. late to actually get that last goal. Like they they yeah. waited till giving up the empty net goal to actually get the goal, which is just not going to work, you know. Yeah. Uh that was like Tolvanen after the first game, he would he did his post-game interview and you could tell he was just dejected. Oh, saw and, that. Uh, yeah. And he's just sitting there, we played 30 minutes of hockey and that's not going to cut it. That's generous, maybe in that first game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the first game, just, they, the first game they did not play well at all. No. I did just see a highlight that Seattle still cannot fight. Uh, they, I don't forgot which guy it was, but guy from Philly beat the brakes off of him. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> it was bad. If so, they're zero yeah. two on fights at least. <laughs> That's right. Let's get it. <laughs> exactly. So before we get into uh, Perks Picks with Kyle Perkins, Kyle Perkins just joined, uh, just jumped in on episode 72 of the podcast. Uh, real quick, we want to let our listeners know that we are brought to you by DraftKings. We're keeping an eye on the Tennessee Titans game tonight. They're on Monday Night Football. Buffalo fans have completely taken over Nashville. Like it's, <laughs> it's basically Buffalo South at this point. It's not even Nashville anymore. And <laughs> – I got to deal with them firsthand all weekend, and most of them are pretty nice, but they are a rowdy bunch. And uh, But we got NFL fans hungry for another week of football, and DraftKings is there for you. And right now, 
You, all you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-9-WITH-IT or 1-800-9-GAMBLER. So, yes, we got NFL football going on, and DraftKings is there for you. We know a lot of our hockey fans, they are also NFL fans. That's why we're keeping you updated on this Monday night football game with the Titans and the Bills. It's a big, big game. A lot of people are amped up about it. And the Titans are hanging in there. They're down 20-17, to and the third quarter just started. So as we do this episode, we'll kind of talk about it and update you on the game. But the Titans are hanging in there, so yeah. good for them. Um, still, I just, still don't feel very good about it. Right. I'm, I just watched the video of that fight you're talking about, Philly and Seattle. I don't know who these guys are, but that Seattle dude, man, he might need to go to the hospital. Dude, I told is, you, he, he, he got the brakes meat off of him. Holy moly. The ref he ate like, about 45 right hands. Golly, the refs were like afraid to even get in there. To, they might get hit, dude. Okay, anyway. So, hey, Kyle, <laughs> we, Kyle, we, Kyle, we haven't gotten to talk to you since the uh, Yakov training fight in the season opener. How would you feel about that? I think I liked it. I liked, <laughs> I'm sure I you did. I'm sure you did like it. I think, I think Yak kind of got tired of hitting him. Honestly, that's what it looked like to me because he, he gave him kind of a little pat on the back after. He's like, okay. I, I don't know if you can see my shirt or not, but it's from uh, Bring Hockey Back. It's got Enforcers Will Never Die. And, <laughs> oh, I love it. And, and love Goon it. Squad on it. So there's where I'm... <laughs> yep. I think I think it put a damper on that fight was that they went to the penalty box and then that's what got Seattle's first power play goal. And then they yeah. scored another power play goal right after that on another penalty. Completely changed the game. Yeah, but that's what we that's eat, what we talked about. Like, if you're going to fight, you have to be able to – your penalty kill has to be able to back it up. But so even with that – trouble. Yeah. What got him in trouble was he took the extra. He had yeah. the extra two-minute penalty. Yeah. So, if it would have just been the fight, it would have been okay because it would have been all – And I think they tagged him. I th- I'm pretty sure they tagged him for the excessiveness of it. Like, I think – because he was the one that started it. He's the one that kind of – that's how what I understand it. <laughs> Is a uh, Sissons got drilled. It yeah. was a yes. it was he a did. legal he got hit. Flattened. It was a legal hit. It was a good hit. If it was yeah. one of our guys, I would have been like, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. Trenton didn't like that, and Trenton did not like it, and I can't fault him for it. And I really don't know that that should have been an extra penalty. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you on that too. I, like, how do you call that? Like in that yeah. kind of situation, how do you call that an extra penalty? Like, I, I'm right there with you on that. But we're not going to dwell on the past. Yep. Uh, uh, Kyle, let's go ahead and get into your perks picks for this week. Let's. Uh, I'm really excited to hear your picks for this week. Uh, we're going to get into it right now. This is Perks Picks with Kyle Perkins for Episode 72 of Catfish and Ice. Go ahead and get us going, Kyle. All right, we're going to start off with everybody's favorite topic about the Nashville Predators. Oh, what's that? That is – the curious case of Matt Duchesne. Oh gosh! Ooh. Here we go. So, 
Rich and I had a conversation. Was yep. it during the game the other night or after? I think it was. Or, yeah, I don't sometime, But Matt Duchesne's biggest enemy by far is himself. Mm-hmm. He is trying too hard to do things that are maybe beyond his skill set. And we both agreed that the biggest thing that we see with him is he tries to go behind the net. And every time he tries to take that corner behind the net, it goes horrifically wrong. Yep. He either gets drilled, loses the puck, or he just it gets off of his stick. And he, he's trying to do too much, and that's really affecting his game. Uh, and I think that goes back to even last year, uh, because yep. last year his stats were similar. And the fact that he was trying so hard all the time to score, and it looked like he was just – he looked like you were playing – NHL 22 or whatever your whatever one you've got. Uh, right. it, lo- it looks like you're playing an NHL video game and you're just trying to score and you'll do anything to try to score. Yeah, it's and, a good comparison. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. He had three shots on goal in the game against Carolina this past Saturday, but yeah, you're right. Like I do, I do see that from him. I see him pressing like way too much, almost yeah. playing out of character. Because they're these players are human, and, and they might say they don't course, read the media. Yeah. They might say they don't know, they don't pay attention to the outside criticism. But right. let's be honest, they are human here. And Matt Duchesne is a very smart and intelligent person, and I guarantee you, he knows that he's got something to prove. And so he's he might be to the detriment <laughs> of his own game. He might be over pressing right now. Exactly. He He's yeah. trying to do – it's just like anything you do in your own personal life if you're trying too hard. Rich, you're a musician. If you're oh, trying yeah. too hard to play something, how's it going to go? You, um, usually I just uh, turn it off and put it down and don't touch it for about a day or two. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Tough. But it's very but for a professional yeah. hockey player, they, they can't, can't do, do that. that. Absolutely. And it's all the time. Why is this guy not scoring? Why is this guy not doing this? Why is this guy not doing? And it's all the media, and it's all, everybody's looking at you. Yeah. And I feel I, I would say I I feel bad for him in a way, but then again, he gets paid eight million dollars a year to play hockey, so yeah. it's yeah. it's like <sighs> it's just like he's lost his the handle on the puck. Like he doesn't have any hands anymore. You know, like he takes it back behind the net, and he's wanting to make a play and dish it to somebody, but he gets, this is what I told Kyle, he gets close to the boards and he gets pinched off and he can't go anywhere. And then he winds up losing the puck and it just, it, it happens like a lot. So hopefully he can overcome that somehow. I'm not sure. I also how. feel like, position. who knows? I don't know. I also feel like with Matt Duchesne, I feel like he, um, sometimes he just, every time, like it seems like bad luck. Mm-hmm. It's always, he's like the common denominator a lot of times it's like it's like how does this bad luck keep happening like whether it's bad puck luck like the puck bounces you see that all the time in hockey it's called bad puck luck i feel like it always victimizes matt duchene i would like the stat on how many posts he's hit in the last year yeah absolutely we'll have to get we'll have to get with uh we'll have to get with natural stat trick or evolving wild or all those uh all those statisticians that follow all that stuff that are way smarter than me but I would be very interested to know that as well. We're going on like three years of him having bad puck luck. So 
Hopefully that'll <laughs> hopefully get he'll your get next figured pick, out. Kyle. Yeah. All right. Next pick is uh one of the uh roster moves that was made over this last week, and that is Tommy Novak coming up from Milwaukee. And I'm not sad about Novak getting a chance. Uh, was talking to CJ uh, CJ Woodashek, and I hope I said that right. I talked to him earlier, and I was like, I'm going to pronounce your name right. <laughs> so I hope I did. I was talking to him. He's He follows the ads, and he's really big on what they do, and he was yeah. talking to me about him. Um, and I, he just glowed talking about him and talking about his hockey IQ. Um, and everybody makes the – the point of how many points that Tomasino had last year in 29 games, Novak had the same amount of points in two fewer games. Mm-hmm. Good so, point. Not that today. But he only had uh, eight goals versus Tomasino having a whole lot more goals. He is a more of a playmaking center. He he had three assists uh, Saturday night in Milwaukee's first game. Um, there you go. So he he's a guy that dishes it and makes things happen for other people. Uh, he's 24 years old, so he's still a young guy. Uh, he's been in and around our minor league system. He played a few games on the Everblades last year. He played mm-hmm. on uh, Chicago and everything else. But one of his line mates when he was in Chicago, when he was still there, is Tanner Janot. Oh. So... And whenever they were together, they were tearing it up, and that's why Jano got his call up. So there's already a chemistry yeah, built in there. So what I, I like I, about what I really like about Novak's story, as much as I, I, I'm already on record saying this earlier in this episode, and I've, I, I've said it very freely. I don't like sending Cody Glass down after two games. I just don't like, I don't like it. But I am happy for Tommy Novak because he is a, a a player who has done it kind of the hard way. He didn't he he never he's a 2015 draft pick. He didn't yep. have nearly the buzz around him that an Ellie Tolvanen has had or a Philip Tomasino's had or Igor Afanasyev has had or you know any of these other players where we're like, "Oh my god, we can't wait for you to get to the NHL." Tommy Novak doesn't really get a lot of love. He doesn't get a lot of, except for the people who really follow the prospects. He doesn't get mentioned that much. So I am happy for him. I don't want people to take me the wrong way on that. But I still don't agree with pulling Cody Glass so soon out of the lineup. And, Kyle, I think you had some more thoughts on that, right, about the Cody Glass situation? Yeah, yeah, that's that's coming too. Uh, (laughs) All right, well, hey, that's called a tease. So keep listening to the podcast episode, episode 72, because Kyle's going to tell you. Why about Cody Glass here? But Absolutely. at the same time, that's what I, that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, I feel like Cody Glass should still be on the NHL level. I right think now. a good thing. I think you just mentioned about Tommy Novak though is like he's got chemistry with those guys. He's got chemistry with Jano. Obviously, he's played with Tomasino. They know those. They know yeah. each other. Cody Glass doesn't have that, so maybe that that might be a reason why they did send him down to build some chemistry with these guys, and then you know then when he comes back, he'll be better than ever, hopefully. So, you know, that might be a reason. I don't know. But Talking to CJ uh, earlier, we were talking and uh, I said maybe have him go as center on that third line in Glass's spot yep. and have 
Tomasino on one wing and move Jano up and have him on the other. And so take Grimaldi back out. Absolutely. Kyle's going to say take Grimaldi out, I guarantee it. As far as you can. Put a (laughs) – and put a cousin – I don't like it. That's all right. Well, I like Grimaldi. I I do do break up the fourth line. That's why I wouldn't want to move Jano up. That – Janoe's earned it. Rich, rich, rich. Janoe has absolutely earned his right to move up the lineup. But does he need to? Yes. I don't know. Anyway, that's just my opinion. I would put I would put Novak in for glass and put Tomasino and Cousins on a line, but that's just me. It either needs Cousins or Janoe. Either, yeah. either one. I just think Janoe because there's already that pre-built chemistry. Um, <laughs> that's true. You're right. That's, what that's makes me nervous before we go to Kyle's next before we go to Kyle's next pick, I just want to say this real quick. So making all these lineup decisions, though, you're basically because if you put Tommy Novak in the next game uh on Tuesday night against the LA Kings, you, he's gonna make mistakes. And so we keep saying, like, oh, the Preds are 0-2 because they keep making these mistakes. Well, I'm sorry, but Tommy Tommy Novak. It's probably going to make a couple of mistakes, and one of those mistakes might cost us the game. So if you're oh, doing the, and so if you're going to keep doing these things, you gotta you gotta make your bed and you gotta and you gotta lay in it. That's how I feel. And you about gotta it. you gotta let you gotta let those young guys make their mistakes and learn from them. But you're just rotating in new guys making new mistakes. And exactly, not them. And exactly. That's my that. exact point. That's why I do not like Cody Glass not being in the lineup anymore. It has nothing to do with Tommy Novak not deserving it. It has to do with how are you going to take the guy who is a big piece of your Ryan Ellis trade and two games into the season, you're going to send him back down to Milwaukee. I just don't, he's already got all this experience with Vegas. It's not like he's some new player that's never played in the NHL. Like he knows what it takes. And so what's he really going to get out of Milwaukee? I just don't know. I don't I don't feel strongly about it. Yep. All right, so we'll move ahead to Glass. <laughs> Since we're talking yeah. about Glass. Kyle's like, Kyle's like let's just move on. Well, we're just going to just slide that transition over. We'll, we'll go ahead and start talking to him. So whenever this came out, I straight up overreacted. Uh, and I made a, probably a little bit too harsh of a hot take of it. But <laughs> – I really like Cody Glass, so I was kind of mad. Uh, yeah. But that happens. But today, uh, the only one. John Hines came out and had a statement about the whole deal. And while I still don't like it, it makes a little bit of sense. And if y'all are all right with it, I'll read his statement. Yeah, read the quote. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he said, we had a good talk with Cody. We think there's been a pretty good – he's been pretty good in the preseason the first couple of games. But with the amount of minutes that he was playing and I think coming to a new organization that he needed a little bit more time. He's a really smart offensive player, puck distributor, good power play guy. And I think when you have young guys that are in the lineup of that style of player, sometimes they're really ready to get a lot of touches and maybe come in through preseason and you got some points and you got some mojo going to your game that I think the confidence level and decisions with the puck are there. So we had a good talk with him yesterday. We feel like he's going to be a real important guy for us, but right now what's best for him is to go to play in Milwaukee and be the top line center. 
play the top line center minutes, play the first power play minutes, get touches, be able to produce and play a big role, work on his faceoffs a little bit, and get himself up and running a little bit better. Uh, and this is me saying this, that he's still coming back from injury. He had a pretty bad injury. Uh, yeah. Hines goes on to say, then when he does that, and you're then you're going to get a player that's coming back in with confidence and some substance to his game that's ready to come and perform the way that we know he can perform. He wants to perform at this level. So he understand it and he thinks it would be a good opportunity for him. And that was the decision that we made and came to an agreement with him. We think it's important that it's what's in the best interest of the player right now in order for him to come back and help us. And I think it's important too, that you don't wait too long, where it's maybe 10, 15, 20 games and the player's been out or doesn't have the confidence or production level, maybe you waste the time where you, we didn't want to waste time because we got him for a reason. We believe in him, and every player goes through a different process to get the level they need to. But that's what we all felt was best for Cody for the near future. I mean, I appreciate the honesty. Yeah. Out of uh, lines. That, that's what I really what I pull out of that is – I really appreciate the honesty because that is a really, really fully detailed answer. And that's good and that he did give that answer. Yeah. No, I, I totally appreciate are, that and respect yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I can still disagree with it, though. And he's also sure. way smarter than me and a, and a hockey head coach, and I'm not. But I still don't like it because what? here's my <laughs> reservation about it. He goes down to Milwaukee. Let's say he dominates. Let's say he does really well. And then the and then the Preds are like, all right, let's bring him back up. He's ready to go. He's ready to go. We all know how hard it is to transition from yep. Milwaukee or from the AHL to the NHL. And so he could I fully have confidence in Cody Glass's abilities. And so he could he can do all that. But until he can actually go through those growing pains for a sustained amount of time on the NHL level, I I don't know what he's going to get out of being in the minor leagues. I feel the same way about Tomasino. I think the biggest thing is the the playing time. Yeah. Uh, where he's been playing third, fourth line in Nashville. If he goes and he's averaging 18, 19 minutes. Yeah. I mean, being the guy, being the number one guy, that's – that That's could be good for his confidence. I do like that. And I, I really don't know. I, we would have to I, – I could look this up real quick, but I don't know what his minor league experience was in the Vegas system. Uh, we could probably look that up well, pretty quick here. Extensive. Would, <laughs> extensive? Well, you know, he was drafted, and I was looking it up just now. So I know he's he sixth overall pick. In 2017, he played 39 games for Vegas – in the 2019-20 season. So that tells me he only had like, what, a year of development? And then he went on. No, he, well, when you're, the, when you're the sixth overall pick, you're going to get thrust into it very, very quickly, most yeah, likely. Yeah, I always, I always think so, – Yeah, I agree. He they, played they expect him to be like – So, wow. So look at this. It. He actually has very – he has – he played 14 games for the Henderson Silver Knights of the AHL of the Vegas Golden Knights system. Um, he played 14 games, had 10 points. Um, and then the 27 games he played that season, this is this this is 2020-21 season, this past season. Uh, he played 27 games for Vegas, put up 10 points, which is not really a slouch at all, 10 points mm -hmm. on your first season. 
And then he also put up another 10 points in only 14 games for the Henderson uh, Silver Knights. Uh, he's got some time in the WHL. He played for the Portland Winterhawks in 2017-18, 64 games. Played another 38 games for the Portland Winterhawks in the WHL in 2018-19. But actually, his AHL experience is pretty limited. It's not See, a lot. Th- for some reason, I thought he had had a lot more time. And the low number of games is because of – I can't remember if it's two. I think he's had two pretty bad injuries. Since he was drafted, well, I think in but that but honestly, Kyle in the 2020-21 season, I know that. But honestly, Kyle, yeah. that actually that actually supports your argument as far as maybe it is good for him to get some AHL time. I didn't realize it either, but he doesn't have hardly any time in the AHL, so well, that actually supports your argument, Kyle. As far as maybe this is good for him, like I'll stand corrected you, on that. Maybe maybe this is good for him. You look who he's going to be playing with when he goes down. Look at Milwaukee's first line right now. I can't remember who the other wing is, but one wing is Igor. Yep. Yeah. You've got Afanasev on one wing. So, yep. and he's only got, he's only twenty one years old. Yeah. Cody Glass is young. Yeah. So I I he's heard. This, yeah, I heard somebody say I don't remember. I read it somewhere on Twitter that. Their opinion. He's twenty two, actually, Rich. He's twenty two. Okay. Oh, is he? That, Still that young. Vegas ruined his development. That's what absolutely. Said. Yeah. So I didn't know anything about him until he came here, but it sounds like. So in that regard, to- in that regard, you're actually starting to talk me back towards the center of this. Honestly, with with what we're talking about here, that's what I love about this podcast is we can talk about stuff. We get <laughs> deferring opinions. We. We throw it all out there, and honestly, like you're, you're. I, I still hate shuffling these lineups so early. You're not going to really change my opinion on that, but you're, you're kind of starting to bring me back towards the center a little bit in the sense that Cody Glass. Okay, he's gotten, he hasn't had the benefit of playing a lot of AHL time. He was thrown into it really quick for a really great Vegas Gold Knights team, yeah, with high expectations. That, that and Very you look high. at. Henderson's records versus Milwaukee's records. Milwaukee is a dominant team mm-hmm. in the AHL. They are really? they are going to steamroll a lot of teams. <laughs> he goes there and he's going to feel like million dollar man whenever he's walking out of there. And that's a good he, confidence he, booster. And he comes back and he's like, you know what? I'm I'm the guy. I'm going to go up and I'm going to try to make them move Mikhail Granlin to wing. I'm going to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fight my way up this roster. So hopefully that puts and we and we have the best undeniably the best AHL coach Carl Taylor. Yeah. He is a magician. I will cry if they let him out of our system. Well, <laughs> let me tell you right before we go to your next pick Kyle, let me tell you right now, if something happens unfortunately when it comes to John Hines, let's say they do have to fire him during this season, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibility. I'm just going to say it right now. I I would love Carl Taylor to eventually be the next head coach of the Nashville Predators. If we're going to be this youthful, if we're going to be this this youthful team, then let's go <laughs> ahead and bring Carl Taylor in, who has already proven that he can coach young players. Yep, I'd be. Uh, more than okay with but that. But I'm not advocating John Hines be fired. No one take that out of context. <laughs> I, I, I've been fussed at for being a Hines apologist for a while. Oh, 
If you all said that you wanted Heinz fired, we'd get tons of people viewing this podcast. No, Rich, Rich Howe's the Heinz apologist of the show. I am. I, like I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> I don't care I, what anyone says. I don't his, care. His honesty in answering questions is – I love that. You and when I, went, get, when, uh, I went to, when I went to a Preds practice, uh, this was before the season started, I really, really loved – how involved John Hines was with the practice. Like, I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of coaches are that way. I don't go to every NHL practice. I don't have the time on my hands, obviously, to do something like that. But I did appreciate how involved he was with the practice. And he does really come off as a player's coach. So I do appreciate that. Let's get to your next pick, Kyle. All right. That would be Ryan Johansson finally doing Ryan Johansson things. There you go. Ooh. There you go. The goal he scored is a quintessential Ryan Johansson goal. He did something that only a guy that is his size with his reach and his puck skill can do. Agreed. Just do it every game. That's yeah. His puck skills, his puck skills are are ridiculous. He he's and I wish he would shoot more. I know he's a pass first guy, but I wish he would take that shot more because he he does have a good shot. But he had that – I don't forgot who was the defender that he was just holding off with one arm while he was coming in. That's his, his patent play. move. That's his That's patented move. Because he's – Johansson's, what, 6'3", 2-something, yeah. 230? He's, he's a big boy. He needs to play like that. He needs to be that big body center that just bruises people through the middle and – distribute it to Duchesne and Forsberg or go in like he did and score. I mean, that was, that was one of the prettier goals I've seen in a while. I think you're hitting on something there <coughs> when it comes to sometimes I feel like he does need to be a shoot first mentality. If you're going to be a top line center, you have to be able to score. I'm sorry. Yep. Like yeah. you can be the best passer in the world, but if you're going to be a top line center, and that's that's why it's not. No one ever said that Ryan Johansson's a bad hockey player. We're upset because he's a top line center and he does not produce like a top line center. That's why we're upset. Absolutely. If he if he's on a second or a third line, you're happy with Ryan Johansson. You're happy with his production. Let's say he's getting paid second or third line money. You're totally happy with him. You're pleased with him. He is a top line center with a big contract. Big, and he has big, big. to start playing that way. And he has to start shooting first sometimes. And so it was really awesome to see him score that nifty backhand goal to tie it up against a really great hurricane team that I honestly gave no chance of the Preds winning. So that was a really good thing to see. So let's hope that's a sign of things to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the last one is the fabulous fins of Tennessee. <laughs> oh, that's good. There you go. Like so that. and this this is three people. So it's all the fans. So UC Soros has been hung out to dry uh, a few times. He's he's faced some bad bad defense in front of him. Yes, save, in the first game. But he is still holding a a nine eleven save percentage. I was really surprised by that yeah, number. I'm really uh, I'm I'm really tired of seeing this rerun of UC Soros getting his stats just being completely tainted. Do you know how many shots against he's had in two games? 
How many shots against in two games do you think? I'm going to say close to 70 or more. Uh, it's only 56, but that still seems really? like a lot. But what's crazy yeah. is the Preds have outshot their <laughs> opponent in both games. Yeah. Um, it still seems a lot, but I, can, I don't know. It doesn't have it broken down between how many per game, but anyway, go ahead. He He's he's still playing. Soros is not the issue. I've seen a lot of people blaming some of this stuff on how, the losses how, on Soros. I don't get that yeah, I don't either. It's like he's he's stopping everything he can stop. There's been some weird fluky stuff go in, and there's been some really bad defensive lapses in front of him that allowed yeah. shots in Seattle game never take I think place. He's had he's probably had maybe that one that he would want back out of all of them. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about, and it's it's just like yeah, yeah. like the Fabro. Fabro screening him. Yeah, no. screening uh, your old uh, goaltender. Oh my gosh, that was yeah, I, awful. I had I had a moment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he looked, yeah, yeah. We, we 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 reacted to that whole game mm. fresh. It was raw on our on our brains on Thursday, and yeah, yeah I don't really. know what Fabro was thinking there. He seemed lost, like he had no, um, he had no purpose out there is what I like to say. Like he just seemed like he was lost out there and it just inadvertently screened Soros. And these are the things we're talking about. It's like, you don't see these things in the box score. All you see is, Oh, Soros gave up this many goals. This was his save percentage or whatever. And it's like the story does not do him justice through the first two games. And in those games, in those games, it's every loss has been because of one mistake. If you think about it, that yeah. one mistake that was the winning goal. Yeah, the game the other night they make they make one mistake and that's you know it's, two seconds of concentration loss. It's a game. Absolutely, that's how it is because they don't have the they don't they can't come back from that. They have a hard time coming back. But go ahead. So the next one of this one is Ellie Tolvanen, and I've talked about this every time I've the last three or four times I've done this, he is averaging in the regular season six shots per game. I love this. I love this so much because I want shots on net. So those are all shots on goal. He's got he's done six per game. Uh, that's Philip Forsberg's normal number. That's what, that's what you want a scoring winger doing. You want mm-hmm. six, seven shots per game going at the net. And, I mean, he got he's already got the one. Uh, he's not going to score every game, but he keeps a goalie and defense honest. They yep. they figured out that they have to respect that shot, and that's going to leave opportunities for Granlin and Cousins on the other side. So yep. also move into the next one of my fins, and that's Mikhail Granlin. Yes, he has been so consistent. He's played so well. He's he's playing on the penalty kill he's playing on the power play uh he's got three points a goal and two assists through two uh through the first two games uh what more can you ask from a guy that you're paying three million dollars less than your two top player <laughs> top paid players and he's out there just working like a government mule uh <laughs> just just doing everything and i think he he's shown why they put that a on his chest yeah, uh, I agree. And I, I believe you can really see what that's meant to him to get it uh, in his interviews after the game and then just his behavior on the ice. You can kind of see 
he's going up to the other players. He's talking more and everything else. He's, I believe he's really embraced that leadership role. Yep. I agree 100%. And you, like just the eye test, he's probably the best player on the team at the moment. Maybe. I think so. Yeah. Um, he, I can't really complain about anything he's done. I haven't seen yeah. any. There's, I, I haven't seen him taking shifts off. There's, there's yeah. never been a time where I was like, oh, he's just lagging around. Forsberg, Johansson, Duchesne, there's all been a co- All of those have had some times it's like, boy, they just ain't doing a whole lot. They're just kind of chilling and letting the rest of them do it or letting the defense do it. Uh, not those guys. That whole line right there, that second line is, they're putting in work. They, they might not yeah. be blowing the scoreboard up, but they're putting in the work. For sure. For sure. Yeah, and so, yeah, so that's that's Perk's picks, right? That's your, yes, that's your Perk's picks for the week. Great. Hell yeah. Know, really, that, that, that was a really good list. Love it. That was a long-winded one. Really I'm good sorry. list. I've talked for no, half an hour. No, that's good. Hey, <laughs> hey we, got, we, got, we got a lot to get out of you, man, because you didn't – we had technical difficulties the last oh, yeah. time you were going to do Perk's picks. Oh, yeah. And, uh, te- <laughs> I forgot about that. Technology is never my friend. It, like, mm. technology is one of the – Base on this planet, like I don't hate anyone. I don't. I don't have hate in my soul, but I hate technology. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, it's it's nice to have you back, Kyle. Yes, awesome list, awesome list. First pick for episode seventy two. Mm-hmm. We will be back Thursday to do our Central Division Power Rankings. We'll be back to react to not only the LA Kings game, but also the Rangers game. So next episode, episode 73, Let's we're going to have out. two episodes to react or two uh, games to react to. And we're also hopefully not going to be reacting to Owen four. Just mm. we got to get a win guys. We got to get a win. That's, that, I'm gonna that's stay off Twitter all I care. Yeah. <laughs> I just if need Owen one four, win. Give me, give me one taste of victory. That's all I care about. It's been a rough weekend of sports for me. I'm a Vanderbilt fan, and the way they lost is just, like, excruciating. There's a lot of Preds fans who are Vols fans, and, uh, yeah, Vols fans, I am uh, can't even go to links to describe. We need a whole other episode to talk about what happened at Neyland, Neyland Stadium over the weekend. All I got to say is Tennessee sports fans are going through a tough time right now. So, Preds, come together and get us a win tomorrow night. Yes, we need it. That's all we care about. Yep. All right, so we will see you for episode 73 on Thursday. This is Chad Minton with Rich Howe and Kyle Perkins. You have just listened to episode 72 of Catfish and Ice, part of Hockey Podcast Network. And – also presented by DraftKings. We hope everyone has a safe week. Take care of each other. Be kind to each other. Enjoy each other. We will see you later this week for episode 73. Thank you.